Welcome back to episode six of the Stephen and Stephen Show. Episode seven. This is seven, isn't it? This is episode seven. Well, there. I mean, time flies when you're having fun. Um, I'm you still having fun. I'm having Stephen also. Yeah, it's good for me too. So it's a it's an enjoyable experience. Yeah, it has. I was listening back and just trying to cover like our gambit of topics, and so far we've talked about everything from Nicki Minaj to. we talked about Dave Chappelle and last week, I think we were talking about the potential for anthrax at a bell mead, uh, blockbuster, video. blockbuster video. So we were hitting the full gambit. Um, always a pleasure to be chat. What you got there? A little Canada dry. Eh? Well, it's a, it's a mini, it's a, a mini, mini Canada dry makes my oh. hands feel huge. If you can see this sponsor on- us Canada dry. Yeah. If you can see that, that to me, that's, that's safe dietary practices. Whenever you drink a half can. I think I think yeah, more the, people should consider the issue that. is I have I have the half can I'm working on, but then I brought a second can. Oh, see, there for, you go. Well, that's all right. I'm actually drinking um some water tonight out of my Los Angeles Dodgers mug. Ah just Los Doyers. Yeah, paying whatever respects I can to um phenomenal season. I don't know. Was it phenomenal? I don't watch baseball. Would yeah, it was pretty good. Um it, it's kind of a bummer that they lost to the Braves. That's uh that was not expected. The Braves did not have a 500 record until, golly, the last third or less mm. of the season. I think it was game 110 that they finally went over 500, and then they just streaked their way. I mean, this is the case with any sport, right? Like, you know this. It's not a matter of, like, how good you are all season. It's a matter of how hot you are at the end of the season. And did you stay close enough? You know, Bill Parcells used to call it the tournament. You know, just get into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a big deal in baseball because fewer teams uh but it, it's still a matter of getting hot at the right time setting up your pitching being healthy at the right time that's the other thing in baseball you know you got a roster that big uh one little injury could throw off team chemistry and if you're not healthy in the right places at the right time what was a great season for 155 mm-hmm. 160 games can go right out the window into the playoffs so uh congrats to the Braves I mean like I said they're they're hot at the right time uh, they streaked yeah. their way into uh, the playoffs and and then streaked their way right to the World Series. So this is tough for me. Are we um, at the World Series? Because, yeah. And it's the yeah, Braves and the Astros? That's it, man. The cheating Astros. I'm, I'm telling you, I feel about the Astros the way our mother-in-law feels about the Clippers. So Yeah, which uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who our mother-in-law is, um, not a Clippers fan. We'll just put it that way. No, if you no. ever get the chance to meet a Miss Doris Flores, just ask her. Hey, real quick, could you just give me a two-minute overview on the Clippers? How do you feel about Clippers? Yeah, and I promise you, you'll get a you'll get a good answer out of that. Um, I feel about the same way with the Astros, um, except yeah. the Astros are cheating scum on top of all of that. So it's hard it's hard to accept them in any capacity. And I know that was several years ago, but you know, yeah. once a cheater, always a cheater, as I'm that's, told. That's what I say. Um, and we have to be careful about. Um, our Astros talk now because we have a new brother-in-law who's an Astros fan, but I'm still going to say that I don't like the fact that they cheated. So James, if you're listening to this, pick a baseball team. That's not cheating. That's the only thing I know to tell you. Um, and pick a basketball team that doesn't suck and a football team. Nah, never mind. Right. <laughs> we could go, go into depth about that. By the way, one more thing while we're on the topic of brother-in-laws, shout out to G Flynn. Uh, George Flynn, hey. who's going to turn, uh, he turns the big two nine 
tomorrow. So by the time George listens to this podcast, happy birthday. Does George listen to our podcast? George is a pretty fascinating character because he doesn't have any social media. And I'm pretty sure I asked, I, t- I mentioned to him, he's like, what's a podcast? And I was like, oh, Flynn. Uh, okay. Well, so, we actually, didn't we talk about him at one point and how he still gets, uh, he gets his Bleacher breaking Report news notification from the Report app, <laughs> which is top shelf stuff. Um, it just encump- that like encompasses. Yeah, just sums up George Flynn. Like, if you guys gets his George sports Flynn. news from the Bleacher Report app. Love yeah, it. he's love he's him. he's probably more libertarian than you and I are because he's like completely off the grid. Like, he's like a real life Ron Swanson. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very much. He walks around. I can buries gold in his backyard. Yeah. yeah, I can I can do what I want. Um, I'm curious uh, about something a little different though. Um, what where you're located? How much is gas right now? Uh, I filled up today at I want to say three hundred two a gallon. Three hundred two, yeah, that is free gas. They're giving it's away highway robbery is what it is. They're giving away gas to you guys in Texas. My good lord, my uh, my Nissan Pathfinder, my murdered out Nissan Pathfinder, well, yeah, which right. I can't wait to show you at Christmas time. We're driving. I'm really it excited out there for Christmas. I can't wait you to can't wait for you to see the murder package of the Nissan yeah. Pathfinder. Uh, but it's about a, I want to say 16, 17 gallon fill up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today it costs me right at $55. Wow. $55. All right. So um, I haven't gone into massive depth about my vehicle, but my car um, is been out for service parts. Oh, for the better part of four months right now, I have not driven my, primary vehicle because um, the parts come in from Italy and right now everything is on delay. And so we've been driving hey, the alpha, the alpha. That's right. I drive an Alfa Romeo, a Stelvio and the repair parts, they're replacing our turbo, which is covered under warranty and thank the Lord for warranties. Right. But the repair parts all come from Italy and they're incredibly back ordered at this point. So um, the last time I drove my car was on July 6th which was a week before the no. wedding. It is October 25th. So it had to go out for um, some body work repairs uh, for two months. It took them forever to get those parts. And then whenever we got it back from the body shop, then there was um, this major issue with the turbo. Today, I talked to somebody on rep and they were like, well, because it lit on fire, there's still a little more delay. I was like, my car did not light on fire. Did you guys light it on fire? I never had it on fire. When I was in possession That's of concerning. my car. Yeah. So um, they're resolving it. But I say all that to say that throughout the course of this, um, I've been having to rent cars through Turo and I get to submit these at the end of the week for reimbursement. And I filled up, I think uh, we drove a Chrysler 200, which is just a little like, you know, four cylinder or whatever. Um, cost me $70 the other day to fill up the Chrysler 200. Oh, that's correct. Gas is, um, about 495 where I live here in Riverside. And if you drive into orange County, you're up to like places that are like 520. And if you're willing and brave enough to go to LA, you can flirt with $6 a gallon in Los Angeles. So at that point, yeah, at that point, I'm just going to walk, you know, our cousin junior, Mm -hmm. um, shout out to junior to Talau posted a really great meme today that had uh the like a gas you know price thing where it's like unleaded mm-hmm. super premium and it was like arm leg yeah soul that's, like that's, that's how much it costs that's the cost of gas well, that, that alpha takes premium gas so 
while I miss driving my car, um, I'm regretting that. My I filled out my truck the other day. I drive a 2000 and oh, what is it? A 2006 F one fifty. $145 to fill that truck up with gas. Stop. Yeah. Bro. I know. That is. So if you could take that $3 a gallon gas, put it in a 55-gallon drum and mail it to me, like ship it out here, I'd really appreciate it. Man, I I might need to bring you some for uh, for Christmas. That's your gift. Yeah. Put it on Elster, bro. Yeah. I'm bringing you a. Uh, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, I'd like a tank of gas, please. Can I get Can I get a tank of gas going here? Was it you um, that posted the meme about utilities? Like what you want for Christmas this year? Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a lot no. of electricity bills and air conditioning <laughs> bills and rent payments. Yeah. All right. That's, that's life right now, man. These, oof, these times are tough with this gas. Way to go, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. Anyway, let's go, Brandon. That's still one of the greatest things that I've seen. In a very the the internet time. is undefeated. The internet's when so I, undefeated. When I told Tell people about what about, we're talking about, pretend that they don't know. Okay. Okay, let's pretend you don't know because my wife looked this up and was so excited to tell me about it. <laughs> um, fortunately, I already knew. But so at a I was at a NASCAR event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Southern crowds in particular have taken to chanting "F Joe Biden." Yeah. Uh, Shocker. Any place where they are crazy liberal in the NASCAR so game, you get a bunch of NASCAR fans together. What do they all want to scream in unison? "F Joe Biden." And so they were interviewing the winner of the race and Mm -hmm. you could hear obviously the roar of the crowd. His name was Brandon. Don't know his last name, but his first name was Brandon. (laughs) And so the crowd is chanting F Joe Biden. And the commentator on TV is like the crowd. So into it, they're chanting, let's go Brandon. (laughs) And so it became this sensation that now everybody says, let's go Brandon. Whenever Joe Biden does something Joe Biden-ish. So yeah, like takes thanks a for the gas prices. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Let's yeah. go, Brandon. Um, that guy is uh really a shell of himself. Man, I don't know that there's much in there right now. Like clearly he's not running the country. But who is? That's the problem. I, I have think no idea. Yeah, that's the that's the fun part. Who who is running the country right now? Because I can tell you this: there's 325 million people in the United States. Only the thing I know is it's not the three of us. It's not you. It's not Joe. And it's, it's not me. <laughs> Everybody else is a candidate well, for who might be running. But here's the here's the thing, though. Like somewhere, Donald Trump is sitting back with his feet up, going like, "I told you so." Like he just <laughs> he's, he's somewhere. Rock, man. This man has been vindicated. Yeah, and at least I, in his own listen, mind, he for sure is running for president in in a couple of years. Oh yeah. He's going to be on that ticket. I think if you guys think the 2020 election was wild, wait till 2024. Just you wait. wait. I am telling you, it is going to be a ride. Saturday Night Live is going to not know what to do with themselves. Yeah, they're going to have all the campaign material. They're going to have so much content. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the primaries when you just try and get. And I wonder, yeah. I wonder if well here's the thing about the primaries. We didn't intend to talk about politics today. No, here we but are. I'm I'm so into this, okay? <laughs> the thing with the primaries is I feel like there are some uh some generally decent GOP uh candidates sure. that that in any other circumstance, in any other parallel universe, mm-hmm. like would probably be the next president of the United States. Yeah. Um Ron DeSantis um would be a I mean 
galvanized character in yeah. in the most conservative sects of the Republican Party. Like he he would be a shoe in to like to sweep through the primary season. I yeah. think Ted Cruz even um, has. Who did you see the tweet of Ted Cruz saying, "Let's go, Brandon"? This is where we are in life. That's where we're at in life. We have politicians who are just trying to participate in the meme game, yeah. bro. My my guy Rand Paul. I would vote for yeah. Rand Paul tomorrow. I think same. But I'm telling you, I don't think any of these guys are actually going to put their foot in the race because Donald Trump is going to be the nominee yeah. again, and. I, I would not be shocked if Donald Trump was not the president again, which put that around. The man has been impeached twice. And he's one still, of which he wasn't in office for. And he's still the likely candidate for the Republican Party oof. in two and a half years. You're talking about a broken party, man. Those people, you guys need to get it together if y'all are gonna run this. It's one back. wild. Man. I just want to you. But what are the other options? We're in a broken two-party system. Sure. And yep. so, you know. Well, on the left, the Democrats, I mean, there's a real world possibility. I want you to put put this into perspective for you. There is a real world possibility that we are going to have a, a debate between the vice or excuse me, between the presidential nominee for the Republican Party, Donald J. Trump, and the presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, Dwayne the, the Rock of- Johnson. <laughs> Can you imagine a debate stage with The Rock and Donald Trump? First well, of all, didn't they wrestle before in WCW? That's my next, oh, that, that would be the only time that two WWE Hall of Famers <laughs> ran for president at the exact same time. But do you, do you think that Joe Biden won't run for re-election? But, but I don't know if that guy is going to be awake enough to run. Like, I'm, he's not, he's clearly not in there. He needs to be... He needs to be sent out to pasture, and I'm not. This but has Kamala Harris. To... I don't think Kamala Harris wins. I don't think no. She she put won't her win. as the nominee. She had a terrible. She she pulled at one percent in the primaries. She's not winning anything. Um, but she's she's obviously able to get on the ticket because Joe Biden is a shell of himself, and it, it really is sad. I say this all the time. I don't feel bad for saying this. What they're doing to Joe Biden in the Oval Office, it's sad. Is, it's elderly abuse. If anybody else tried to roll out their grandfather who is in that condition, they would be arrested and taken to jail for elderly abuse. Instead, we try and make this guy the leader of the free world. He needs to belong in like in a nursing home or out in some, um, you know, ranch where he can sit out. Let the man play with his grandkids. Yeah. Eat jello and play with the hummingbirds and play canasta. Like, let this guy be. He's going to watch murder. She wrote. And he's he's done fine. He's been a public servant. And granted, we need term limits because of Joe Biden. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, This guy is he's passed. He's like he's played the back nine twice. And now he's being asked to leave the 19th hole because you I know you're not a a TikToker. Uh, We have our own TikTok account, though. I understand Um, that. Yep. There is an account called Empirical University. Uh, Shout out to them. Sounds and strong. I, I'm just gonna pay. I'm gonna play you. I, the video is helpful, mm-hmm. but the uh, the audio is just as just as concerning. Okay. Basically, what they do is they just post unedited video of Joe Biden talking in public address situations. So here's one for you. This is already gonna be rich. We have all these diesel buses at home. It would be a hell of a lot better if we had electric buses. It would change the circumstance. Boom, boom, boom. I have all these diesel buses. 
Boom, boom, boom. What is this man talking about? Here's another one. That's wrong. And we're committed to changing that. Just imagine. If instead of denying millions of Americans the ability to own their own home. What? And build generational wealth. What is everyone has access to maintain and maintain affordable health insurance coverage. We should be making it easier, not harder, to make sure to set make sense to you know I'm put it another way. It makes no sense. It makes oh, no, no sense. No. We have to make sure everyone that's our president. It's folks. an entire it's an entire TikTok page of this. And it's like it really one is part of me that's like Oh my gosh, this is hilarious and this is ridiculous. But the other part of me is like, who is allowing him to do this? Yeah. Who who does not value this man and his reputation as a, as yeah. a human being? Right. Enough to be like, hey, don't let Joe talk without just no, don't. Yeah. How about how about we should this? not take questions like, from the press? Well, I mean, I'm I'm in full favor of invoking the 25th Amendment on this guy, even if that means Kamala Harris becomes the president. That's how bad this is. And I'm super not a Kamala Harris person. The problem with that is we need Nancy Pelosi to do the invoking of the 25th Amendment. And she's a dinosaur, too. She needs to wrap it up. She needs to start shutting this thing down herself. So, of course, she's not going to go send Joe out because as soon as they're like, hey, uh, Joe is... Um, uh, you know, asleep again. Yeah, he's, he's falling asleep again. They're going to be like, "Well, Nancy, might we remind you of you of your fourth cat nap of the day, dear?" Um, so I just think we need term limits. You That's know, what it comes down to. I, I had no intention of talking about QAnon tonight, oh, and maybe dude. maybe we can get into some good QAnon stuff I can later go, because I can go. I can go down QAnon. a. I can go down a rabbit trail. Well, let's start QAnon. here. Did you watch the QAnon documentary on HBO? I've not, but it's, Into the it's storm. on my list of things to do. Um, also, I recently Amazing. became aware of a documentary on Netflix about the history of cuss words. Oh yeah, with Nicholas. Are you Cage. familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's pretty, I'm so intrigued. It's, it's pretty informative, of course. If it's, you're over, have you watched it? Yeah, it's Golly. actually pretty great. Um, I would tell you this: if you're a Christian and you're easily offended. Like go watch TBN. This thing, this is not for you. Um, I'm, just, I'm fascinated. Is it's, what it is. I'm fascinated. Well, by for uh, for people who are sitting here listening to this, going seriously, you're watching all this profanity. Like, y- yes, you are. But like, it's a history it's lesson. Like, and yeah. it literally is. And we go back. Like, Netflix does a really good job of going back, like hundreds and hundreds and thousands, thousands of years. Maybe there's thousands of years involved in some of the words. They tell you the origin, like what it was originally intended to be, <laughs> who came up with it, why it was used, some of the old. I feel like I would just, I feel like I would just laugh the whole time. It's pretty I don't funny, know and, why. Of, and of course, it's Nick Nicholas Cage who's leading this, so it yes. makes it even funnier. Okay, back to QAnon. Though. Back to QAnon, uh, which I'm I, super enamored again. Did QAnon. not mean to talk about this, but mm-hmm. QAnon. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the the thing that kind of emerged m- multiple times. Um, yeah. About you know Trump was going to go back in office and like mm-hmm. they were going to bring charges against uh, the storm is coming Joe Biden yeah Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were going to get indicted all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I I had to tell some people like you know if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get removed from office then Nancy Pelosi is going to be the president right yeah you ready for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let, let's 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 reevaluate let's get our choices here yeah. Very much so. Um, Don't help me, God, if Nancy Pelosi becomes the first one president of the United States. No, she can't do that. And I'm pretty sure, like, she doesn't really know where she's at. 
either most of the time. I guess I've I guess I've made my political political opinions more clear than I right um, to tonight. Go watch, okay. go watch the documentary Q into the storm. Um, it's pretty. I will say that it's it's written to be slanted to begin with. Like the documentary, sure. the documentary. It's is, on HBO. How would it not be? It's on it's on HBO. The producer works for CNN. So it's going to have a Fake real news. a real hard left slant to it. But it is very telling in that documentary of how quickly I'm trying to choose my words very carefully. <laughs> it's very telling how quickly misinformation of any kind of any kind can spread and i i think i know some people who might be q i know some people who are definitely q who have told me with their own mouth that they are q and i I mean like the original q like the guy who started it (laughs) i think i know him okay well that might be true too but i would say that um they're the the people there are some things that i think transpired throughout trump's presidency that certainly warranted some eyebrow raising absolutely we're just going to get into this so i voted for donald trump the first time that he ran for office now as a military veteran i voted for donald trump because i was opposed to voting for hillary clinton and i was very much reading into the anti-establishment um uh, there's corruption in DC, and I'm super interested in tearing all of that down. Uh, let me use my words even more carefully. I'm very interested in seeing change brought to our government, um, and as a result of that, I voted for for Trump in the first one. I think as his president presidency went on, maybe he just got a little loose lipped. We'll just put it that way. Like he got a he got a little he got a little wild at times. But I think that was the appeal to a lot of these people is he he gave people who had been uh, sick and tired of political correctness, um, people who had major issues with um, like things like uh, social norms, adjusting things that they thought were like norm, normal their entire life. And now these things are adjusting and now they just are forced to accept it no matter what. Um, He had there were people that like legitimately had concerns about like, wait, why are you telling me that I'm racist? Because I because I don't want to defund the police or because I'm uh, you know, I don't hate all police officers. Now that automatically makes me racist. Like whether you're racist or not, just being identified as that you're sitting here going, no, thanks. Like I'm going to vote for the guy that's telling me that I'm not racist. Um, There was a huge uh, another big push that I voted for Trump in the first time was he had a huge veterans uh, uh, redemption plan that was in place, including homelessness and homelessness and veterans, which that was something huge issue. It was it's a huge issue. Um, And we don't talk nearly enough about those types of Trump's like original platforms, like the 2015 uh, nominee Trump. Now, granted, he gets into office and it was like it was a circus from day one. And I'm not saying that it wasn't it was entertaining at times, but there were people that felt very like they felt very heard and understood throughout his presidency. And as that progressed and as the tension began to expand 
throughout his presidency. And it became clear we are not united. You are either on Trump's side or you're on the other side. You're either. And we're, we're not united and we might be more divided than we ever thought possible. Than we ever thought possible, at least since the Civil War. And it became such a polarizing presidency that you had people that obsessed about it. And that's whenever QAnon came into play. And that's the extremism of absolute frustration of political alienation. Um, that's the extremism of every conspiracy that you could. I mean, I think we all have a little bit of conspiracy theorists in sure. us. There's a lot of us. I don't. And if you're sitting here listening to this, you're like, yeah, right. I don't have any. Yeah, you do. You believe something. And if you don't, I have questions about you. Why are you just taking everything at face value? You should question everything. But we did go extreme in some of these. The weird part that nobody talks about is not the QAnons, but the Blue Anons. Those are my favorite. What is that? Blue Anons. I have no idea what that even means. Blue Anons are the extremists on the left side. They are just as far that believe that Trump was trying. He was was a Russian asset who was secretly trying to tear down our country and he was installed and best friends with Putin. It's like, I don't want to talk to any extremists. I don't care if you're blue or Q. Um, Please leave me alone. I would prefer to have dialogue in the middle with the moderates. Um, nobody wins in extremism. Well, no. And I, I think you, I think the extremists would argue though, that nothing gets done in the middle. Um, there's a compromise from whichever side. And so nobody ends up with any sort of actual advantage, but, and then no progress gets Mm -hmm. made, but we're just so divided, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and more so, like I said, than I think we ever thought possible uh, about stuff that, it's not even like politicians are divided. Yeah, they do it's not like care. normal normal Americans are basing their opinions of people off of things like who they voted for in 2020, off of yeah. things like, you know, just just if you are a quote unquote Trumper or not. And yeah. it to me, there's so much more than that because the policy like you, you can you can support policy or you can support personality. Right. I don't think there was anybody. Well, and you know, that's not even fair to say that there wasn't anybody because there were some crazy people who were like, Donald Trump's a great guy. I mean, he's just saying what I'm thinking. Well, then what you're thinking is not very nice. Yeah. Um, but you know, the policies were, were solid in a lot of ways. I mean, the platforms right. he ran on, he ran on a pretty conservative uh, and Republican, a pretty, platform. yeah. And so for the average Republican or the average, at least like, not going to vote for Hillary, uh, yeah. you know, moderate or something. It it was a no brainer if you were voting based off of platform and voting off of um, the the party policy as opposed right. to voting off of his personality. Right. But the crazy thing is, is that his personality appealed to enough people who didn't even care what his policies were. Right? They were just they were, and he was, you know, just smart enough to appeal to those people that we we got what we got into and. Well, not enough was said to not enough was said to you about Trump, and this is not a pro-Trump podcast, but not enough was not in any way said about his ability to market his first campaign. Um, really, we're gonna my I mean, whether I teach him or not, my grandkids are gonna know the phrase "Make America Great Again," and to put that on a red hat, a single red hat. There's not he didn't have no logo. Like Trump doesn't have a logo. If you're sitting here. 
if you're sitting here, you're trying to start a business or you're trying to run for office and you're like, we need a logo design. You super don't. You need a four letter slogan and you need a, a calling card of some sort. And you need to stick that on everything. Like Trump marketed his campaign amazingly. Now, obviously it wasn't Trump, but another thing that Trump did, at least for the first two years of his presidency, that I really appreciated it. And Trump would say things like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know how to hire the people that do. And he did that really strong with the military for a long time. He had General Mad Dog Mattis that was running basically the military. And Mad Dog Mattis is like, if that guy called me today and he's like, we need you back in service, I'd be like, okay, I'm going. I'm going to take my 45 pounds of her weight self and try and squeeze back into this uniform. But that was the thing. Nobody was following Trump. They were following the fact that he was smart enough to go, uh, mad dog you're in charge and that was that simple but i think he got a little carried away with that towards the latter part of his of his presidency but you buy your own hype to a certain extent yeah you start you start believing it after a while i just think i think that uh, we've mentioned it earlier the two-party system is effectively broken and if it yields you you know if out of 325 million people across the country if your best two options on how to run it was donald trump and joe biden like it's time to reevaluate your political party because I don't say move to Canada, but that place sucks right now. Yeah. That place sucks too. That, that Justin Trudeau guys, he's out of his mind. Um, Michael Malice has a, uh, I think I've already told you this. He wants to, he says we should invade Canada, you know, go liberate Canada. I'm like, well, (laughs) maybe, maybe one day. A lot of land up there. A lot lot of of land land spread out. Anyways, we're not telling you to go vote for Donald Trump in the 2024 election. We are telling you to get your popcorn ready because it's going to be a show. Wild. And Wild. I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to that documentary that runs back. Same. Okay. We weren't trying to po- talk about politics, but I am going to try and pick your brain on this in our last 20 minutes or so because we teased our listeners with this last week. And uh, now it's, it's time to bring it forward. But I want to talk to you about woke Christianity. Well, Christianity there, Pastor Shelton, um, it's a real thing. Sadly, there is such a thing as woke Christianity. I do think that going off of our last conversation, some of this has been trickled in. I think that politics have, on both sides oh, of the absolutely. aisle have infiltrated absolutely. the body of Christ. And I've heard people say, like, how can you be a Republican and call yourself a Christian? Because Jesus was a nomad and he was basically a homeless person and uh, he was an immigrant and he was um, he gave a socialist. He's a socialist. He gave to the poor. And then I hear other people that are like, how could you call yourself a Christian if you're a Democrat? Because pro-life and, um, you know, gay marriage and, uh, you know, the all the all the other things that go with like these social issues. And I'm like, hey, you guys are all missing the point. Because Jesus kind of loved everybody. And the entire point of Jesus was the fact that he broke down the entire structure of everything to make us all equal. Like that was the point is Jesus is kind of for everybody. And yeah, I think and that- the cross and, and that's uh, Ephesians three talks about uh, how, you know, there is now, you know, the, the Gentiles and the Jews now have access to the same Jesus. And that was the mystery of, of this, of our great hope is that Jesus died for all. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jesus died for for us. What's interesting about that is like Jesus died for Republicans and he died for Democrats yeah. and he died for uh, libertarians and independents and the godforsaken Green Party. Jesus died for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jill Stein, all of it. Jesus died for you. 
Just but, like, um, this uh, account that I follow, Woke Jesus Christ on Instagram, has some pretty oh, good. Yes. Has some pretty good content. I think we mentioned it. One of the memes it says, uh, "Love your neighbor as yourself," and it's Jesus, and he's sitting here giving a one-on-one to. I think it's uh, Mary Magdalene. Maybe it's Martha. I'm, I'm not sure which one. Says he says, "Love your neighbor as yourself," and she says, "But what if they're not vaxxed? And Jesus says, well, then they're not your neighbor. Woke Jesus. Okay. The Bible says, love your neighbor, even if they're vaxxed or unvaxxed or whatever. Um, there's another one uh, that's in here. It says, come unto me, all who are fully, they're very vaccinated heavy right now, because that's obviously the topic of conversation. Come unto me, all who are fully vaccinated, and I will give you restaurant access, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is pretty solid. Um, that's my favorite if- one. Every sin will be forgiven except the sin of being white. Yeah. I mean, we've now made race an issue of salvation or political correctness. And I don't think that Jesus cares. I don't, first off, I don't care what color Jesus is. I don't care what political affiliation you think Jesus might has, might have had. Uh, none yeah, of it's and, relevant. And, and this was the message of Paul also, like there is therefore now neither Jew nor Greek there, there is neither male nor female that, the idea of Jesus is that he's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's more than an idea. It's a reality that when you are so far and so diametrically opposed yeah. to a group of people to the point where you can say that Jesus is not for them, that yeah. you have now fully abandoned the thing that makes him Jesus, which is yeah. his universal love for you and his universal love for others that he desires to demonstrate through mm-hmm. you. So why on earth would we think that our brand of Christianity uh, is right if it excludes anybody? Anybody. And when I say it excludes anybody, listen to me. I'm not saying, like, listen, I believe that there is one way. There, mm-hmm. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm not a universalist. I don't believe many routes to heaven. I believe in one path, and that is the Son of God. But, but he is available to everybody. He yeah. is available to everybody because— of the father's great love for all of us, that there is not any, any discrimination based on anything. And I I think that what, what is wild about this idea of woke Christianity is that the, 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 the rationale behind it is exactly what I'm saying. And they would say, well, of course, that's what I'm saying. Jesus loves everybody, but you guys over here are saying that he only loves the white the conservative, the Republican. But in the midst of saying that, you're like discriminating against those people. Yeah. It's it's such a circular it's, logic. You're, you're in full conflict with the idea. Yes. Of it. Yes. Yeah. Jesus loves everybody except we, the conventional people. Yeah. The people that Jesus often got mad at. Well, I often there's one report of the Bible of him getting mad and flipping over the top. He did it to the Christians, not the Christians, but like the religious leaders. Yeah, and what what he what's interesting is I, I I've read uh, our our church has a bookstore. I don't know about yours. Our church has a coffee shop. How about that? Um, and so I I watched. Our church uh, doesn't have a building. We meet in an empty field on Sundays right now. We're super hippies. Love it. Yeah, love it. Well, I I watched a video the other day about somebody like coming down hard on churches with coffee shops and bookstores mm-hmm. and saying uh, Jesus would have flipped over your your coffee table. And I was like, I hope not. There's $10,000 espresso machine on that thing. Um, But what, 
That's that is a misinterpretation of the scripture of Jesus slipping over right. the temple. Basically, what happened in the temple? Here's your Stephen Shelton Bible trivia for the week. Dun, dun, what dun. happened is that um, people would go to the temple to make sacrifices, and what they would do, they would have to bring certain things with them to the temple to make sacrifice on these uh, regular pilgrimages. They would go to the temple, you know, bring their stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and occasionally, as you know, as being a father, you go on trips sometime and you get to where you're going and realize you forgot your charger or you forgot sure. your child, one thing or another. You forget <laughs> something that you should have brought. Um, hey, home alone and, and for then, Christ. Have you ever have you ever gone into the airport and realized really quickly you forgot your headphones, stopped oh. at one of those stupid little airport stores and had to pay $85? Yeah. Or, they got a know, small Apple loan for a pair of beats. Wired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what was happening is that these people were coming to the temple uh, to make their sacrifices, and they would get to the temple and occasionally re- realize they forgot something that they needed to bring with them. And these people were setting up in the temple selling things that the people forgot, but they were gouging the prices so yeah. high that they were taking advantage of people, and they were making it – Things that people need for them to be able, right. They're making it difficult for people to be able to uh, make their sacrifices in the temple because they were overcharging them for the things that they needed. That's why Jesus flipped the tables because people were being taken advantage of. Yeah. It'd be like the equivalent. If you guys held a, you know, an eight hour like conference all day and you didn't let people leave and you only give them one Avenue to eat food and you charge them $140 a plate. Yeah. I mean, so I think you're bringing well, it's up- more than that because because for them the sacrifice. Remember, this is Jesus lived in the Old Testament, right? Um, the New Testament begins not with the birth of Jesus, really. The New Covenant begins not with the birth of Jesus, but with the resurrection and ascension right. of Jesus. That's what changed. We're living. Yeah. That's what changed things. Um, yeah. And Jesus, Jesus dying didn't really change anything, but Jesus raising from the dead changed things. Right. If he died but didn't raise from the dead, he's There's just no a hero. Death. But because he rose from the dead, he's a savior. So right. the fact I, that Jesus was living in an Old Testament time where the temple was everything, it's your sacrifice right. that you made for your for your sins, that was everything. And so they were holding that over people's heads and saying, you can't be cleansed unless you pay us this ungodly amount of money. Right. And I think we too forget, I think you brought up the, the phrase pilgrimage. Like we, we, do, we take that for granted because a lot of us get in our car and drive to church on Sundays if we want to. Like these are people that planned for months and months ahead of time to make their pilgrimage to the temple. A lot of times that was the family vacation. <laughs> like, and, yeah. And, and going to the you, temple was, was a non-negotiable. Yeah. It wasn't something you, you chose you, to do. Right. It wasn't Disney world. You had to do it. You had to go make sacrifice. Right. And it was a, it was a, it was a hike. It was a, it was a trek. So it's not as simple as like, well, my church has a coffee shop. Jesus would flip the coffee table up. But I mean, that's another thing that we have. I think the, at the core of woke Christianity is you have a lot of people who are hurt by the church and they're, they're bitter. In my experience with woke Christianity, it usually stems from somebody who grew up in the church and now they've been woke. They've been enlightened. They went to a school, they went to an area, they got some life experience and They've been told some stuff and then they went and said, oh, that that sounds that sounds like that works. Yeah, maybe Paul was a homosexual. Yeah, maybe uh, Samson was, um, you know, not really 
he wasn't technically that strong. He just had longer hair than so-and-so. I mean, they've got all these different avenues or these different like justifications as to why we don't really have to listen to the Bible. Or we don't really have to do what we've all been taught in, in our Bible classes growing up are, you know, kind of the right way of being a Christian. And so they find these like loopholes in the system to justify their behavior. And my concern- What they like, already believe. What That's they already what believe. They're, they're not right. trying- it's, I've decided this is what makes me feel yes. good. This is the version of Jesus I can get down with uh, yeah, because it, it, it reinforces my political beliefs. It reinforces- It reinforces my worldview. I believe, my worldview. Yeah. But and, we can't allow- the Bible is Jesus to be filtered to us through the lens of our worldview. We've got to have our worldview filtered through the lens of, of the scripture and, and through the Holy spirit. And that's, that's the difference here is it it's where you place your priority and where you place your priority is where you will originate everything from. Right. So if you originate everything from your, your political leanings, guess what? You're going to, you're going to filter Jesus through your political leanings. Sure. And then you will end up with some people on the right that that are are in a place of Christian nationalism mm-hmm. that that is not fully biblical. Now I I don't believe there's anything wrong with patriotism. I don't believe that even nationalism to a certain extent is an unbiblical idea, but I do think that there can come a place where you worship your country and forget that that should be your second citizenship. Right. And your primary should be in the kingdom of God. Right. And when you start equating your patriotism with your salvation or vice versa, that's when you start getting into, into messy slopes of this. I, I also think um, we you can make the Bible say whatever it is you want the Bible to say. You can manipulate like it's a finite amount of words with infinite power. And you can take um, any part of that. You can adjust the context. You can shorten a verse. You can omit a phrase um, in a couple different languages. Of course, this is the book that has already been translated. Um, and you can manipulate multiple that times, multiple yeah. times. And then now we have translations of the translations and we have versions of it. You can make this book say what you want it to say. What's your go to Bible translation? Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Amplified. Classic or, or current or, or modern? Oh, I didn't know there was a difference. The amplified. Yeah, you got you got to go amp classic, bro. Amp classic. Okay. Um, I I guess at church we use a lot of the English standard version. Let's see. Yeah, I'm an ESV okay. guy. ESV. Yeah. Um, but th- this is what I wanted to say about this. I want to set aside the dynamic of Christianity for a second and just talk about it as a world religion. I don't care if it's Christianity for you or if it's Buddhism. Hinduism, Catholicism, or I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what other religion you want to use as as an example, whatever it is, there is an element of faith that you have to have in your religion. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, trying to be like Gandhi or Gumby, like you're going to have to have some form of faith that what you're pursuing the path that you're on, that there's going to be a final destination. So I look at people who are trying to exploit Christianity and they're trying to find loopholes in the Bible, or they're trying to find loopholes in the story of Jesus, or they're trying to criticize the church, or they're trying to criticize Christians. 
And I look at these people and I say, you lack faith because my, like your faith does not, your faith does not uh, get deterred by the flaw. Your faith is what oversees the flaw and finds the good. And liken it to patriotism right now. Like there's a lot of people that have lost faith in this country. They've lost faith on what this country was intended to be. The idea of America, because the rationality of what America has been and the the black stains, the you know, the Mm. the bruise, the bruises that America has, the the shame that America has, they've made that and said, well, that's America. No, it's not. The idea of America is always progressing. It's always being more dynamic. It's expanding. Um, we're a melting pot. Our diversity is our is our beauty, and we have unity in our diversity. We have faith in what America can be, and that's why we still keep the Constitution, and that's why we still proceed with our you know ideas of what the, the United States of America is. It's the same principle of Christianity or any other faith. You're going to find flaws or loopholes or holes in your, in your, in this religion. Absolutely. And if your faith is not, if you haven't grounded that on, I'm going to believe that this is correct. I'm going to proceed as if it's correct, no matter what, like, what are you doing? Like you're just practicing a world religion. And yeah, you can find, you can find uh, holes if you're looking for them. I'm not saying there are holes, I'm just saying, if you find them, it'd be very easy for you to say, well, this doesn't make sense. So therefore, so it's all wrong. I'm disqualifying it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm reading a book right now uh, by a guy named um, William Stewart McBurney, and it's called The Search for the Twelve Apostles. And hmm. it's all about the Twelve Apostles plus, plus a few extras. Um, and it talks about the spread of Christianity immediately post-resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy took 27 trips to the Middle East, um, over 30 to Europe, to to kind of investigate some of the artifacts, um, some of the, I mean, things like where are the bones of Peter, uh, all, all this kind of stuff that I just find fascinating because I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with church history, I'm obsessed with figuring out how we got to where we got, and how far away are we now from where those guys were, yeah. you know? How about woke, we I can up? tell you this. <laughs> woke Christianity is not biblical Christianity. No. And it's not the Christianity that the guys who lived with Jesus for three and a half years practiced. Right. The things that Peter and John were preaching, the things that Paul, who had an encounter with the risen Jesus on the road uh, to Damascus, that the things that uh, James, the brother of Jesus, preached. Uh, did you know James, the brother of Jesus, did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah until after he saw him resurrected? Uh, I mean, James, the, the the pillar of the church, just, I mean, wrap your mind around that one for a yeah. second. That He's like, nah, bro, it ain't you. Your older brother is the savior of the world. Yeah. Um, but like, also, why him, mom? You, why him? Have you, you ever had a sibling that you felt like overshadowed you? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how do you think James felt? Like, why can't you die for our sins like Jesus did? <laughs> why were you the son but of God? The things that, uh, the, you're not my real dad. <laughs> like, the things that that these guys preach the way that they lived. Yeah. It was not where we're, woke Christianity presumes to reinterpret scripture mm-hmm. as if we have a better idea now. Right. And the guys who actually lived it. Right. As it if we have new knowledge of this situation. Right. As if we all of a sudden can translate a dead language better now. Yeah. Than the guys who actually spoke the language then. 
Yeah. And we, you know, and we try and put it to our, I mean, what woke Christianity does is it compares that to our current social norms and then tries to fit our current social norms into that scripture. And if we can't fit it, then what we do is we take our existing social norms and we adjust the scripture to fit those rather than adjusting our social norms to fit scripture. And I think that's where we get in trouble with that. We, like you said, we're trying to reinvent a, a language here, re, reinterpret what has already been interpreted. And making it seem like, oh, well, you know, like the Bible was not meant for now. So we, we've got to come up with something new because yeah. the Bible could, the Bible did not foresee uh, automatic weapons. The Bible mm-hmm. didn't know what an AK-47 was. So when, when Jesus talked about this, like surely he wasn't foreseeing this, as if he didn't know the end from the beginning, as if he didn't know. Yeah. It also how, didn't. It also didn't talk about Fords or Hondas or Alexis. And I don't see these people who are so anti all that. Suddenly, I heard not, a very, like I heard a very. Someone I was I was listening to someone uh, talk about the Book of Revelation, and they were, um, in my estimation, very poorly, est- uh, very poorly interpreting it. But they said one Most of these people. things like, <laughs> "Right, ninety percent of probably me too. Who knows? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in my eschatology, but mainly because it's my eschatology. <laughs> but if it was, if somebody else told me the same thing, I might not agree. I don't know. Um, but they were making the point that you know John saw. Um, this stuff, but he he didn't have any context for what it was. So he probably was seeing computers and he probably was seeing like airplanes and things like that, but he didn't know what to call them. So he just called them things like dragons because it was the closest thing he, he Which knew. Which might not have been a dragon. Like, like, that's a word that might have been translated nine different times. Right. Of print. And I'm just like, man. They're like, what is this guy talking about? A put computer? yourself, just put yourself on the island of Patmos with the Apostle John and what he was thinking about and who he was writing to and right. why he was writing to them and the world he was living in. Um, and try and not it's, to... it's really hard for us to remove ourselves. It's so hard to put ourselves back there because we don't have a context for his world, right. but we can choose to not be so ethno and era centric yeah. that we're like, well, it's gotta be about me. It's gotta be about us. Right. Every generation since since the ascension of Christ has believed they would see the return of Christ. Right. And you hear people say like, Oh, well, it's never been worse than it is now. And I'm like, listen, 80 years ago, there was a man cooking Jewish people in an oven. Yeah. God's chosen people. He was rounding them up just because they were Jews and baking them alive. Yeah. He killed millions of them. Like he's not really moved by Donald Trump being censored on Twitter. Golly. Yeah. Oh man. It's never been worse than it's before never been than worse. it is now. Donald Trump can't even tweet. Yeah. I would just, I would just say again, and I think you're bringing up a good point. Like try not to look at this thing through such a logistical like lens. Like it takes faith. And if you're not in the, that, if you're not in the faith absolutely game, it. if you're not in the faith game, like it ain't, for, I don't know what to tell you. It's not for you. Maybe there's other Christians that would say, how dare you? It's for everybody. Well, like if, if you can't get over the faith hurdle, 
then I don't, yeah. then it's not going to make sense to you. If you're somebody that's like, Hey, I want a new job. And we're like, great, go apply for that job over there. And you're like, I'm never going to get that job. I don't even think I can. I don't believe it. It's like, well, I can't give you that job. If you're not even going to apply for it. Like if you're not even going to make an effort, if you're not even going to have faith in yourself that you could get it. So faith is the faith is the big deal about here. You have to believe in something that might be uh, a little unbelievable in, in your natural sense. Um, I'm going to give you the chance to close this out with one last woke Christianity thought. Do you have something you want to end with? Oh my gosh. Uh, what I would say more than anything is that if you want to know Jesus as your Lord and savior, just pray the following prayer. After, no, uh, Are you doing I mean, an altar call e- on the Stephen and Stephen sorry. show? <laughs> sorry, bro. I've been in full pastor mode all day I long. I see you. Uh, I see you. I see that. But, I see that hand driving down the hand. 91 freeway right now. I see that. Do you have, do you have any, do you have any unspoken prayer requests? No, I would, uh, when it comes to, to Christianity and your, the best thing you can do in your, uh, you're seeking, you're searching. Um, if you're looking for truth and, and this, this is something that you're, you're struggling with in this, uh, you need to go to church. Uh, don't, don't go to church on TikTok. Don't don't go to church. We said the very our very first episode, like we aren't experts on anything. So don't like this is one thing I'm gonna backtrack that on. Like I I actually I do know what I'm talking about here. You need to go to church. Uh if if that that is where you will find is it a perfect place? No. Um there are no perfect churches. And if there was one, it'd be imperfect the minute you walked into it because you're Mm. imperfect. Put that right. on a fortune and, and the churches are made up of imperfect people. Right. But that that is God's That's plan. That's the point. Okay. The, the church is God's plan. The church yeah. is God's. The hope of the world is in the local church. So if you are interested, if this is something you're and you're not meant to reason this alone, you're mm-hmm. not meant to do it alone. Genesis uh one through seven is all about creation. And God created yourself. this, and he's so, sorry. <laughs> this is this is who I am. That's who I am. I love you, dude. We can that's talk why, about, we can talk about sports a in a second. You got me going on this. I just want to say you got me you. started talking about this. <laughs> Genesis one through seven is all about creation. God created this and he saw that it was good. God created this, he saw that it was good. He created this, he saw that it was good. He created man and he saw that it was not good for man to be alone. You were not created to do this alone. You were not mm. created to reason these things out alone. You were not created to uh, you, the Bible was largely passed down by oral tradition for centuries. So even just sitting in your in your room, reading the Bible on your own has the potential to lead you to a place that is not ideal in your, your formative stages of belief. So find a church, find people who, who know, know it better than you find people who you see the love of God in and then know them by the fruit of the love of God that's in them. And if they look like love and they sound like love and they talk like love and they walk like love, then listen to how they talk about the Bible. Um, they may not get it perfect, but at least hanging out with them, you'll start acting like them and you'll love people well. And ultimately, that's what Jesus is about. There you have it, folks. Wow. I, I love it. I love that. you. This has can't... become a political podcast. I can't what you love that I can't help myself. I love that you can't help yourself. Like I'm not, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't trying to bait you a little bit, but I feel like the only thing left to do is to take up an offering. So with that being said, if you want to donate to us, no, I'm joking. Uh, 
The Steven and Steven Show. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, the two Stevens. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, the Hailstone. You can follow Steven. Listen to his several sermon series at Stephen Shelton. Yeah. Um, and what's our Facebook? Also the two Stevens? The two Stevens. All of our stuff is the two Stevens. Okay, so. perfect. And then if the only it's thing going different, well. if you want to email us is the Steven and Steven Show at gmail.com. Didn't you tell me earlier that... We had like 55% of our listeners are from England. Yeah, so this was, this was on my folks across the pond, the jolly old England. And I, I was wondering why that is, but I think it's because we kind of started out as a Ted Lasso podcast. That's right. We had some Ted Lasso vibes in there, which yeah. this is still so, going be the case. If I pull up the stats for, uh, we're going to go a little six. less religious and po- politics yeah. next week. And we're going to get back into some entertainment news. We're going to, We've got to get to talk about Dave Chappelle. We've got to talk about Ben Simmons. We've got to talk about Alec Baldwin. He shot a woman. He killed a woman with a prop gun. I know. My wife and I had a good argument and discussion about it. It was a healthy conversation. We'll just put it that way. I I just I read I read that article in six different news sites because I was like, what mm-hmm. what has happened here? First rule twenty twenty one. First rule of gun safety. Point it down. Second rule, check and see if it's loaded. Oh my Third. gosh. It feels like a bad 30 rock I don't uh, like <laughs> episode. That's what I thought. I was like, one, this is one thing we have to start. Not- we have to stop doing on the Steven and Steven show is starting new topics at the end of our <laughs> at the end of our episode. Okay, so, so 58% week- of our listeners uh came from the UK, which is oh, crazy. Thanks, we also had listeners in Ireland. Jordan, Spain, mm. I guess probably you probably that's a, are these probably military folk you think? No, I don't know these people. No, my Spain, my Spain following is left. You don't know any, you know, I don't know a soul in Jordan. Oh, okay. Well, Italy, Spain, Jordan, Ireland, and the UK oh. uh, cities. Now I will say Riverside is by far our most, uh, our, our biggest con- like we have our biggest support group here. <laughs> 56 cities represented and seven of our listeners are from Riverside, California. Um, Shout out to the 951, the hidden gem of the Inland Empire. But we've got people from uh, God, Manchester and Cambridgeshire. Those just sound like fake cities. Not real. I don't even know if there's real people uh, there. Leak Staffordshire. Um, Boise, Idaho, Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Wow. Um, Dudley, Sepulpa. Dudley. I mean, going deep. So, well, I, so, wherever yeah. you're at, wherever you're listening, I just want to say thanks for listening and we'd love to hear more about you. So go ahead and go ahead and leave us a comment or something and tell us where you're listening from. It'd be fabulous. Shout out to uh, old fashioned fire seeker. I believe that's Abby Martin. Um, and also to, uh, Melissa Dryden, our faithful YouTube commenters. Um, if I had all the money in the world, I would give you free mugs, but I don't. So I'm gonna need you to buy them. She's she's um, trying to get a mug here, huh? All right, let's see. I do, do. I hope that next week we'll have some information about about mugs and mouse pads. Those are yeah. low hanging fruit for the uh, sure the merch section of the Stephen and Stephen show. So big fan. Yeah. Thanks again for I listening. Think a good episode. I think it was yeah. a great episode, and you're about to get. Uh, you guys are in for a real treat here. Um, coming up on uh, episode eight next week. So thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to my co-host for joining us. 
And uh, you guys have a great week. We'll talk soon. What a time. Bye.